the winners, the losers and the inside story on last night's budget. China is set to get a foothold in the South Pacific. Oil prices fall as cryptos rise and retail benefits from a consumer spending spree. It's Wednesday the 30th of March 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson and with Sean Aylmer still downing cocktails in Fiji for a couple more days, I'm joined instead by Adam Lang from the Fear and Greed team. Adam is a former CEO, now a business and executive coach and advisor. Adam, good morning. Good morning, Michael. Now, we're taking a slightly different approach to today's episode, Adam. The biggest story today is obviously the federal budget, what it means for business, what it means for families, for the broader economy. The problem is, if we tried to do it justice, we'd end up taking up the whole episode. So, we've split the episode into two for everything related to the budget. We've got a special edition interview coming straight after the show with our resident economist, Stephen Kukoulos. Stephen has as you'd expect, spent hours and hours and hours poring over the budget papers and knows it probably almost better than Josh Frydenberg. So if you're after Fear and Greed's Guide to the Federal Budget, that's coming up straight after this episode. But away from the budget, there's plenty of other news in the world of business. So in the meantime, there's a lot for us to talk about. And Adam, I think we should start today with a look at Australia's place in the world. The Solomon Islands is reportedly ready to sign a security treaty with the Chinese which could lead to China establishing a military base there. It's pretty worrying news. I agree, Michael. The security pact would allow China to send police and assets to the Solomon Islands, and it's got Australia, the US, and even New Zealand up in arms. The Solomon Islands government has said it was broadening partnerships to improve the quality of lives of its citizens and address soft and hard security threats facing the country. The Solomon Islands Prime Minister has also described the response to the impending treaty as, quote, insulting. Australia doesn't want Chinese warships and troops based nearby. There are also concerns about Chinese government's habit of lending small companies like Solomon's money to build infrastructure like ports and airports and taking control of that infrastructure when the debt cannot be repaid. The timing is interesting of all of this, Adam, because this week, Trade Minister Dan Tian is in the United States for a series of meetings. It's the first strategic economic dialogue, and we talked about this yesterday, but the talks are covering economic coercion, critical minerals, regional supply chains, and opportunities for an Indo-Pacific economic framework. It's largely happening because of China's economic and military aggression in the region. It was planned, of course, before news of the impending Solomon Islands Treaty broke but it should provide the talks with a real sense of urgency and relevance. New Zealand Prime Minister, you mentioned New Zealand before, but Jacinda Ardern has already hit out against China's move. She's described it as gravely concerning and has warned of the potential to lead to the militarisation of the region. Scott Morrison has spoken to the leaders of Papua New Guinea and Fiji, trying to get them on side in opposition to the new deal. But that's a move that Beijing has said, and I quote, is doomed to fail. Yes, Michael, it is interesting in terms of the timing of those talks and also the Russian invasion and the conflict in Ukraine. So you have to expect that there's plenty more to come on this over the next few days. And it really just shows what a tense geopolitical space the world is in at the moment. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And I think we'll, we'll touch on this again later because uh, there's a fair bit happening with oil prices as well, and that is very closely linked to what's happening in Ukraine. But just briefly on the local market yesterday, Adam, it was a very good day for equities. The S&P ASX 200 hit a 50-day high. Tech stocks and the banks really did the heavy lifting. All the big four banks were up again. Some of the biggest moves came from tech companies Block and Appen. The miners were a bit more mixed. Anyway, plenty more to come. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Adam, there's plenty to talk about today beyond the budget. I mentioned oil prices before. One of the consequences of the Ukraine invasion has been rising oil prices. It's obviously had a massive flow-on effect right around the world. You only need to look at the petrol bowser to know that. But the price of oil has slipped back a bit in the last couple of days. Yes, it has. And a lot of that movement can be linked back to Shanghai going into lockdown, which has, of course, prompted fears of dampening demand. COVID continues to spread in China, the world's biggest importer of crude oil, and there are fears that the lockdown could spread and be even longer than expected. So if it does, that means oil consumption in China in their big cities especially, will fall. Now, adding to the downward pressure on prices is the fact that OPEC, the Organisation of Petroleum Exporting Countries, is meeting later this week to discuss a planned 432,000 barrels per day production increase. And now hopefully that will also reduce supply concerns somewhat. Now, Adam, while oil prices are going down, cryptocurrency prices are going up. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solano, Cardano are all up. Bitcoin is trading around three-month highs. And so, look, there have been a number of things that have all contributed to this in in recent days and recent weeks. There was a, a senior Russian official who said the country would accept Bitcoin as payment for its energy programs from friendly countries. Crypto is also getting a, a bit of a push along, though, by fresh interest from Western governments. A couple of weeks ago, US President Joe Biden ordered officials to work out the best way to start regulating the market. In the EU, investors are waiting for a proposed framework basically covering crypto markets. Locally, we talked last week about plans to start regulating the cryptocurrency industry and really kind of some of the services and the other parts of the industry beyond just crypto currency and really starting to treat it like the rest of the financial services sector. Regulation lends the industry stability and gives it legitimacy, which are both good for the value of cryptocurrency. And that's why we're, we're seeing it continuing to climb. But Adam, enough about crypto. We need to talk about retail spending. There were some pretty spectacular numbers through from the Bureau of Statistics yesterday. Did you hit the shops in February? I'm assuming you did. Yes, Michael, I did open my wallet a bit in February and February was the second best month on record with spends up 20% beyond pre-COVID levels. So shoppers spent $33 billion in February. That's up almost 2% over the month and more than 9% over the year. Now, as a country... We've also saved a lot of money during lockdowns and we've accumulated savings worth around $240 billion and it seems we've started to spend it. Discretionary spending was strongest, clothing retailers and department stores did well and it was also good to see the hospitality sector do pretty well. Everyone, it seems, headed out for dinner, for lunch, for coffee but it's not looking as good for March. 
No, certainly not. The consumer confidence is falling sharply, which considering how strong the employment market is, is certainly not good news. There are a lot of concerns at the moment around cost of living. So I suppose it's not surprising. It's also been a very tough month, though, as well, in terms of natural disasters and things like that. You had the the fatal floods throughout Queensland, northern New South Wales, Sydney. Sydney's had its wettest march in 80 years. And for towns like Lismore, they're still in the middle of this crisis with the flood threat returning. So uh, really, you put all of that kind of together and you can see why consumer confidence and and all the the geopolitical concerns that you've talked about uh, as well, all that kind of uncertainty would not be good for consumer confidence. I totally agree. Adam, moving away from consumer confidence for a minute, many of our listeners would have family in aged care facilities and the the problems in the aged care sector are, are widely known. They've been exposed through the Royal Commission and it is really quite shocking and really quite disturbing, to be honest. Canberra spends around $14 billion annually on aged care. That's enough to fund nearly 220,000 aged care beds. This is a very heartfelt story, Michael, for many of us. One of the issues of the Royal Commission and the report raised was poor diet and meal budgets in many facilities. Now, the government tried to fix this by giving the sector an additional $350 million last year to improve the quality of meals that many residents got. Now, that additional funding equated to about an extra $10 per day per resident for food. But another one of the issues the Royal Commission uncovered was a lack of accountability by the sector. Yesterday, a new report showed that rather than using the extra money to improve food in aged care, several aged care providers spent the funds elsewhere, including on buying up competitors. Yeah, the report shows that the worst performers on quality of aged care are large for-profit providers, while the strongest performers are smaller facilities run by state governments. Hopefully, the, the, the terrible situation that many parts of the sector have been in will change later this year when the government implements a new system of funding called the Australian National Aged Care Classification, which on paper at least is meant to lead to much greater transparency and accountability. But really, without the Royal Commission exposing so many of those problems, you you shudder to think what the situation could have been. I totally agree. The the Royal Commission has given us the roadmap and the recommendations of what needs to change. And I think it's up to us as a nation to make sure we keep the government to it. Yeah, well said. A couple of quick ones for you, Adam. COVID cases around the country are still high and it's believed more than a million Australians are in isolation right now. It's an incredible number, isn't it? So that's like one in every 26 of us virtually are in isolation. Now, many of them are there because of close contact rules, but you can imagine that that level of home isolation is causing havoc for business. There's empty offices and staff shortages all over the place. Yeah, that's right. And another one, uh, this one from the US, Adam, Tesla's share price jumped sharply after the company tweeted... Of course they tweeted, but they did also file it officially as well, about plans for a stock split. Yes, first there was a tweet. And the reason is because at more than US $1,000 a share, it's a touch out of reach for many investors. The company hasn't announced the details yet, like how many shares each current share would be converted into, but it was certainly enough to get people talking and the share price went up more than 8%. 
All right, seems like a pretty good place to leave it now. Up next is the Fear and Greed Daily interview, and today it's it's really not a normal interview. This is essentially our special coverage of the 2022 federal budget. We're speaking to Stephen Kukoulos, our resident economist who has all of the detail about the sectors that are affected, what this means for tax, what this means for the economy over the coming years, and really what some of the big elements of the budget were and how they affect you. It is a must listen. It is up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Michael. It's Wednesday, the 30th of March, 2022. Make sure you're following the podcast and join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. I'm Michael Thompson and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.